Welcome to the Coaching Talks Podcast, your inspirational moment to continue your growth journey. Is feedback our friend or just a foe? What can we do to get the best out of it? Today, we'll talk about how successful people use feedback together with international executive coach Mark Siles and the business coach Minna Sutta. And now, relax and enjoy. Welcome back. The discussion around how to give and receive feedback has been going on for a long time, but the recent published article in the Harvard Business Review called The Feedback Fallacy has opened again this topic with some new and interesting research data and insights. Why feedback fails and how can we make it work for ourselves and others? Today we have with us Minna Sutto to discuss about this topic. Minna, welcome back to our show, finally, after trying for many weeks. Thank you so much. It's, it's, it's great to be here. And um, yeah, I, I was just thinking like, you know, this morning when I was driving here, I was thinking about feedback and I'm thinking uh, it's, it's really funny that all I've, all I've been doing has revolved about, around feedback, like uh, clients asking about how to give feedback or then <laughs> asking me to give them feedback about their performance or participation somewhere or uh, feedback for children. They are waiting for their yeah. school reports now. And uh, my, my kids are asking me, like, you know, mother, how have I done in school? And I'm kind of like thinking that, well, <laughs> maybe you are better in answering that question. And, and I, I think about these questions and, and I think that there's a there's a great need for people to to get feedback and you know i i i'm, I'm there by myself also so great timing mm-hmm. then to finally yeah. find the time for the for the podcast after having tried for the last uh, few weeks and actually when uh, we take a look at the mentioned article uh, and the definition mm-hmm. of all oh, their approach their they're taking to the challenge of uh, of giving and taking feedback. Uh, they say that feedback is about telling people what uh, what we think of their performance and how they should uh, do it better, whether they are giving an effective presentation, leading a team, or just creating a strategy. On that, the research that came out, uh, it, it's very clear. Telling people straight what we think of their performance, it seems that it doesn't help them thrive and excel. And telling people how we think they should improve actually stops learning, which I found a very interesting uh, finding on on this article. So let's start from there, Mina. What would be your definition of feedback and the purpose that this has? I actually think that this is a really interesting question. Like people are talking about, and and I don't know if I've ever met anybody who in in an organization says that I I get enough feedback, mm-hmm. like I get daily feedback. But then when I have discussions with them, you know, I I keep asking that what is it that they really want? Mm-hmm. Because feedback can be so many things. I was I was thinking that uh, children when they when children are really small, they need yeah. feedback. Like you know, just taking making eye contact, being getting noticed. And, and somehow communicating to somebody that you are there, that's also a feedback, right? That's true. And this is like the first level of feedback that I think that uh, we really need to recognize. In business context, which we are now talking about, mm-hmm. feedback is often, as in the Harvard Business Review, it's often about um, performance and uh, you know how you can do things better. Mm-hmm. It's not all of the picture because people also need feedback on things that they are already doing well. That's right. It's not just about criticism, like, you know, 
you know, telling people where they suck. <laughs> it's also telling people like, you know, why they are great. Mm-hmm. And then maybe have a discussion about if they want to grow, if they want to develop and how they can take uh, their skills to the next level. That's right. And I think that was also one of the main points in the article when that feedback is perceived as a threat or as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that will trigger as well different uh, reactions in, uh, in, each, in each one of us, you know. Mm-hmm. In this case, for example, for me, I would, I would compare the the feedback to the to the watch I'm, uh, I'm wearing. I'm not going to mention the brand, but mm-hmm. I guess that people know this uh, health uh, follow up watches. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it does, it just simply follows on my stress levels, mm-hmm. how well I sleep, uh, has all other health factors, and it provides me with information about the outcomes of my performance, either if it's good or bad. Uh, it generates also information about what I can adjust in the near future to get better results. And that's for me what creates a lot of value. That focus on what can I do to improve uh, my performance or even to know that I'm doing the right thing. Sometimes there's nothing to be done, just continuing doing more of the same. And somehow it also opens my mind to explore new ideas and perspective to consider that uh, I wouldn't do it without receiving that feedback. You know, just keeping with example of the watch, it's like uh, when I found out that my cycle to go to bed was out of sync uh, with my recovery rates in the way that my energy was taken care of. Uh, and I changed my approach to get ready for a good night and sleep. And before that, I had never even considered uh, what is called this going to bed rituals, right? And I thought that that was not something for me, but it was really easy for me to fall asleep and I didn't need that. But then when I saw the data, it was clear that maybe there was something for me. So it helped me and I saw that it would be good to explore uh, new, uh, new approaches. Uh, in this case, uh, the relevant information was given by a machine, mm. but I did the work to, for the improvement opportunities. And that's also mm. what we need to take into consideration, that the real work has to be done by the, by the person, not by yeah. the person that gives the feedback, yeah. but the one that receives. So, and the same principle would apply for the, for the human interactions, yeah. not just with the feedback from machines. Yes. I think it's important that in the process of giving feedback, the receiver is also the one that tries to find somehow uh, their own solutions, what they want to try. You can give yeah, yeah. some views, yeah. but it's important that the person mm. makes that final choice. I, th- I think that um, what you were talking about, the, the watch that you have and, and following your stress levels, like, you know, interestingly, I, I also bought one of these devices <laughs> just recently, so I'm, hooked. So I'm really hooked on see. this. It uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know if it's the same, but, you know, <laughs> anyway. it, it seems kind of like, you know, what this this one uh, that I have is, I, I bought it only to monitor my stress levels component because there was this there was this research piece of research that I I, I just uh, found out a couple of months ago mm-hmm. and it states that you know when you are really stressed part of your brain like the forefront of your brain, brain uh, switches cortex, off yeah, yeah. The, it switches off and then you kind of like you know you don't see that it's it's like um what what they call voluntary uh, lobotomia so kind of like you kind of like, you know, cut off a part of your brain, that one, which is important for you to understand the situations and, you know, they make interpretation on things and you don't notice it, but other people see that. So this is where I kind of like find that feedback is so important because when you are really stressed, you cannot see, you, you think that you're still functioning 100%. But uh, other people can see that, you know, now this person is not taking all these uh, good things into account and I'm not thinking about these things. So I wanted to kind of like see that how much of my kind of like daily life is lived on that kind of like stress level where I am not. That's correct. 
accessing like my best parts. It has a huge impact as well, uh, what you were referring on, the, our capacity to make decisions. Yes. Uh, it deactivates when you have not just all types of stress. So we are talking about high levels of stress and that disconnects the prefrontal cortex yes. where we have all our intellectual and cognitive capabilities. Yes. Yes. So by having this type of like a constant feedback, mm. because the, this kind of watches gives you mm. instant yeah. feedback mm. as well. Mm. So you can recognize which part yes. of your day you have been in that level. Mm. And by being aware, by receiving that feedback, uh, it empowers you. I, I would like to add here that, you know, that I, you know, my husband then asked me when I had been following this the data that I get from here, like, you know, for a couple of days, uh -huh. he then says that, and what does it mean to you? Like, what does it mean? And I said, I'm still in the process of working out. <laughs> I don't know what it really means yet. I know that I am stressed at some times. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think is very important when you talk about feedback. It's not enough to give the data. You need to have the interpretation. And do something with it. You know, I like yeah. that example. What I try to do now, I have this diary. Mm -hmm. Every time I think I have experienced uh, a stress moment or something that has been bothering me, I take a note mm -hmm. of the time and what has happened. And at the end of the day, I will take the data from the watch and then see. And then I will correlate. And by gaining awareness, then I'll try to see what is the one thing next time mm. I can do different to mm. approach the same uh, item in a different way. Yes. But I agree with you. Mm. There is something that needs mm. to be done in mm. order to uh, to make that data, that feedback useful. Yes. And and one one thing that I have found out so far, I am not I have not been very good in, in the stress part, like, you know, there. <laughs> but I have found out that in certain situations when I'm doing my work, when I am in coaching coaching situations i am actually like really really relaxed and i have been so surprised about that because that to me you know means that i have been able to kind of like you know come come down to the very best of myself and to be there and do and enjoy what i'm doing actually that uh, that's experience that has been observed a lot with the moments that we practice or more than practice we experience active listening when yes. we are full present yes. with mind and body yes. towards the person that is talking to us mm. and it seems that it's also having this calm effect yes. within us when somehow we can interrupt and not interrupt just stop focusing on our, our own thoughts mm. and just simply listening with intention to understand without yes. judging the other person yes. and that seems to have a lot of calming uh, effects and for me it's another way of mindfulness as well you it know is. when somebody it asks is. me how can i practice mindfulness i cannot sit down and, and meditate like no just simply listen and relax and focus on understanding what the person is saying yes. and that's causes these kind of effects yes. that you were describing. Yes, and that is a part of feedback also. Like, you know, if you want to give feedback, you need to listen. You need to be in that receiving mode also. Yeah. Like for, for both of the both of the ones, the one who is also giving the feedback needs to be in that mode. If I give feedback from a very stressful point of view, I'm really highly stressed and my feedback <laughs> comes out, you know, from that, that kind of like a zone of stress. Uh, you know, you, you immediately know how it's going to impact the other person. Absolutely. Their stress levels yeah. are just going to go through the roof and there's not going to be anybody present to listen to their feedback. So that's one of the things about feedback is like, how are we positioned? Are we in a place to give the feedback? I, am I in the right mode now? Or is this going to be, yeah. or, or to receive it?
what would actually happen if nobody gives you feedback? I, I went yesterday, went back to YouTube and I was looking for some, some bits. One of the films that I, I really enjoyed watching, entertaining film, it's about Florence Foster Jenkins. It's about an American um, opera singer who lived in, in the early, early 20th century. And the film is all about this opera singer or wannabe opera singer. This lady who has lots of money, she's got lots of resources and she can buy her audience. She is absolutely dreadful in her singing. She cannot sing, you know, she's, she's, she, she's got no pitch in her singing. Even her husband tries to protect her from getting the feedback that she really would need, that she actually should stop singing because she was this laughing point of the whole society in New York at that time. And the only reason why people came to listen to her and never said anything about that was because they were carefully selected by her husband. When I was looking at that film, I was thinking about these idols uh, competitions that we have around the world, right? There are sometimes people who come to the competition who think that they can sing like Mara Carey or, you know, Whitney Houston. Yeah, we have seen those. And uh. You've seen those, <laughs> yes. We all have seen those. And you kind of like wonder that why hasn't anybody told them that they really are not up to that standard? And why are they kind of like, and, and then they, they, they get really angry and they walk away. And my mother has always told me that I'm a really good singer. And my father has always told me that I'm a really good singer. Mm. Have they really done a favor to this person? Actually, that opens an interesting topic on what could stop people giving you feedback yeah, yeah. From, uh, from what you're saying. So there could be two separate things, right? We could be afraid of giving feedback, yes. not to hurt the other person. Or we are afraid of the reaction they could have towards yes. us. Or as well, I recall a conversation we had a while ago about being afraid that actually by, uh, by giving feedback, the others could do even better than yourself. Yes. Uh, and, you know, maybe there is even more options, but those are two different situations that could even stop people giving you feedback. Yes, yes. And, and in, this, in this case, also the husband, you know, this Florence Foster Jenkins' husband, uh, he, he didn't have any money. So his kind of like livelihood was all about like you know, he wanted to support the wife. Was he afraid that if he would say... If he would say, then, then maybe, okay. you know, she wouldn't like him. For each of us, excellence is easy. It's natural fluid and intelligent expression of our best extremes. It can be cultivated, but it's enforced. Marcus Buckingham. So a question that comes to my mind after talking about this is that is feedback always useful? Most of us at some point of our life, uh, we have received feedback. Uh, let me ask you, Mina, have we ever received feedback which was nice, but um, you were not sure what to do with it? That's a really interesting question. Like, oh, depends on, on your definition. Mm. Uh, just like, um, what, what does nice feedback mean? Does, does it mean that, you know, it's, it's just encouraging and positive and complimentary or, or is it simply useless? Like, is it just something that, you know, you said, that, oh, that was nice, but there was no point to the feedback, right? Exactly. Well, if I would think about nice as complimentary and, you know, encouraging, I can give an example of myself. I, like I was brought up in an environment where positive feedback was not part of 
like it wasn't part of our school system at that time uh, schools were geared towards pointing out where you made fee- you know made, where we made Mistake. mistakes yeah. i also trained as a translator at university and everything that you know we would get as uh, translators we would do our translations we would only get you know red marks under the mistakes that we'd made in our you know mm. translations and uh, there was even a rule that you know if there was more than three mistakes on a page it would be returned to you so you became really really afraid of making any mistakes yeah. so you wanted to be perfect in everything since i have recovered from that you know and i'm i'm kind of like you know i know that you know a mistake is not 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 a bad thing i became really good uh, very professional in receiving that kind of like even harsh criticism sometimes mm-hmm. and i was kind of like let it come and you know okay i'm i'm here and you know just just shoot I was that kind of like a person in in that way, and the hardest part for me actually was when I started getting some really encouraging and positive feedback. I didn't know how to handle that. Hmm. I had no experience. Twenty five years maybe, I hadn't really grown uh, in an environment where I would have had that kind of like an excessive positive feedback. It would make me tear eyed. I would start crying, and then I would feel really bad because I thought that you know, in a business environment, you yeah. you kind of like you have to hold back your emotions. And even that, just think what it does to the to the person that is giving you mm. that positive feedback yes. when you reject it. It's like I'm giving you a nice present, and yes. then suddenly you say, okay, mm. I don't really want it. Yeah. So it is not just the opportunity lost on accepting that yes. positive feedback, but it's as well what is the effect created on the person that on the person who is. Yes. trying to give it to you. Yes, right? uh, and this is really interesting because I actually had a turning point in this particular area when I was in a mentoring program. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, such that we had retreats in the mentoring program. And then we had uh, an organizational psychologist who was running the kind of like the exercises and observing us and giving us feedback. And uh, there was this one exercise where the group would give me feedback uh, from the kind of like the whole program. And then the psychologist uh, was having a discussion with me. And she said that it's fine if you kind of like, you know, if you get tears into your eyes and, you know, if you start crying, I'm not used to this kind of like, and I'm still struggling Mm -hmm. receiving this positive feedback. And that was a turning point for me. I had never thought about that. I I kind of like, I opened up and I was able to uh, be with an open attitude Mm -hmm. to receive the feedback. And I can still remember most of the things that they said to me in that situation. And that's 15 years ago. That also has a huge impact on how this is used in companies uh, Mm -hmm. and the content. So let's take for a while a look uh, to the content of the feedback and Mm -hmm. how companies are using it. And maybe the most common instrument that you see in uh, in a lot of companies is the 360 feedback and how that instrument is used. Mm -hmm. And that's important as well because it creates a huge impact on the performance of the individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have noticed uh, many times uh, the belief that uh, great performance is universal, something that can be analyzed, described, and that once it's defined, it can just be transferred to anybody from mm-hmm. one person to another, yeah. regardless of who each individual is. And somehow that doesn't make uh, a lot of sense to me. I would compare it a bit uh, to a football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could define what is a great football player. Yeah. So you would start to list the, the level of skills, the capabilities that a great football player needs. And then you try to recruit that exact type of player. Yes. But that doesn't make sense, right? The goalkeeper needs some specific set of skills. The defenders as well. The ones that are in front trying to score goals also need yes. other type of skills. So excellence means something different depending on which position on yes. the field you're supposed yes. to play. It would be useless to just have one definition of which kind of a, a player 
mm. makes him or her a great football player. Uh, and even if that doesn't make that much sense, some companies are approaching their leadership development in that way. Hmm. Uh, they define concepts like uh, influence uh, capabilities, uh, leadership skills, innovation mindset, uh, and they try to then go back, uh, create a 360 feedback survey, and then find which sports you are lacking, and then help you get into that level. Mm -hmm. So it, they come with a predefined uh, excellence point, which is not really what it means for you. So it all depends on your type of job in the company, on you know what your position in the field needs to develop. Yeah, and, and, and excellence is also kind of like, a, I think that excellence is the, as a similar thing to creativity right mm -hmm. creativity by definition is that it's unique excellence is always unique so how can you kind of like measure it in in three, 360 yeah and that's and that's the way that is used in a in mm -hmm. a not in all the companies but in, in many companies i think that the great benefit of how to use the 360 360 feedback for example is via mm -hmm. what others around you uh, tell about you first of all try to understand what it means beyond the excel table and the numbers yes, and the, yes. those nice graphs but to try to understand how this adapts to your style mm. to who you are mm. to your role in mm. the company and your purpose and then see which abilities you already have that you can enhance to use that feedback mm. and become better at it mm. without trying too mm. much in this uh, predefined perfect excellence because it means as you said it's something unique it yeah. will mean something yes. different to all of us yes and it's also a context uh, Bound. I, I have seen so many people that, you know, in one context, in one business context, mm -hmm. they have received really kind of like lousy feedback and then they move into another company and all of a sudden, like they all of a sudden they start thriving and they become like mm -hmm. the top performers of that company. If, if you would go back to this singing theme, I don't know why this became a theme this today, <laughs> maybe because of Florence Foster Jenkins. But, uh -huh. uh, you know, if, if you think about really like excellent singers, like making a choir of them, you can't put all excellent, they, they, their voices might not mix, right? Yeah. So in, in one type of, if you have a church choir, you have to have a certain type of song singing voice. Well, exactly yeah. the same like uh, what would uh, uh, an excellence for a goalkeeper yes. look like or a defender yes. and then when you become good at it you know you may see also in companies when suddenly it becomes excellent at being a goalkeeper yes and suddenly this person is promoted yes. and is put yes. someone else in the field just because he or she was very good in that yes. uh, you know in that concrete mm. field uh, so it is not universal as mm. we have been uh, mm -hmm. mentioning so how to get into the, each person's version of its unique uh, uniqueness the way that that excellence is expressed, I think it's one of the best ways that uh, feedback can be can be used. And also we mentioned a while ago that it's not either easy to uh, to accept feedback. Sometimes we are told nice things, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes we are told not so nice things. Yes, <laughs> yes, harsh. yes. So, which are the most uh, common arguments uh, you have heard uh, that people use to uh, to reject feedback? This is based on research. This is not my opinions, okay. but this is like Lisa Lahi's uh, research. She had written a list of 10 top reasons for rejecting feedback. Mm -hmm. The 10th most common uh, is nobody really understands me. And that's why they give that <laughs> feedback, right? And then this is one that I particularly like, and it resonates with me also. I used to be that way, but I've recently changed. I think that's a really hilarious. And, uh, you know, I sometimes I give this an exercise to in, in my trainings and okay. I ask people kind of like, you know, to count how many they can identify with, mm -hmm. how many of these. I've, I've got two so far already myself. And then the, the number eight is I'm unique. The norms don't apply to me. Um, okay. And then all my strengths are correct, but my weaknesses aren't. 
And uh, number six would be my respondents don't understand the situation I am in. <laughs> and then the computer must have scored this wrong if it's a computerized questionnaire. And then some of our respondents have it in for me. Uh, and then this is one that I really kind of like, I, I think I've used this plenty of times myself. My job makes me act this way. I'm not really like that. <laughs> so, so not my fault. Yeah, it's not my fault. Like, you know, that, you know, oh, there's been a lot of pressure in my job you know recently or or you know I'm, i'm i'm required to behave in this way or or something like that yeah then this is like a lame but uh, i think that this is also used that these results are a statistical anomaly um <laughs> i'm so unique that you know nobody yeah. can understand me and then the number one or which is really like you know the lowest point i think is like they could be right but who cares i've even had a boss who's, who was that kind of a boss he said that you know Well, people can say what they want, but I will always do my way. Mm. People, Some people have that as a theme for their lives. Sometimes it's going to mm. stop the opportunity for uh, us for growth. And I'm saying that because uh, also according to the research I was mentioning, it seems that feedback in a uh, lot of times is based on the assumption that uh, other people are more aware than ourselves of our mm. weaknesses. Uh, yes. And that the best way to help us is to show the uh, to others what they cannot see uh, for themselves. Mm. So it's like if I didn't tell you, you would never know. But research shows that up to half of the feedback that, that we are giving to to people is not about them. It's about us. Mm. So that's, yeah, what you value. Exactly. So it's about if I'm giving feedback to you, most of it is going to be about about myself even. Mm. Some reflections about myself or the interpretation of reality for me, of mm. which things I've been working with uh, for me and then trying to yeah. enforce that on you, which takes us to the mm. point that feedback, it is good, but maybe not all the feedback is relevant. So it is not about ignoring all the feedback, no. but learning to filter yes. uh, what is really useful or uh, or not. This research, what shows is that we tend to extrapolate, as I was saying now, uh, from what creates our own performance uh, to what may create performance uh, to others. Basically, also, we tend to base our feedback, giving meaning towards, like, uh, for example, leadership or uh, strategic thinking uh, based on our perception and expertise. Mm -hmm. In order to give uh, high quality feedback, I would say that we must be aware of those distortions. I, I recognize that. I, I think that, you know, you're right on, on, on pointing out that a lot of the feedback is a distortion, but how to be able to give and an use feedback in a more uh, efficient way mm -hmm. and how to how to really kind of benefit from it. So what, what do you think, what, what can be done? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's talk first about us as a uh, receivers so what can we do even to help the person that is giving us feedback so uh, regardless of uh, if he or she is good at uh, giving feedback so what can we do uh, to help uh, the person that is giving us the feedback and get the best value out of it and somehow we have been discussing a bit already about it is how we use active listening and then make the proper questions to get the best out of it Um, the key is how we explore the present, past and future and ask the other person to be uh, more concrete, especially try to understand what we are doing well. Be this uh, future focus, which fine tuning do we need to do uh, in our capabilities to become better in the future. Uh, something that I've used sometimes is, for example, when somebody uh, during a project, something hasn't been going as expected and somebody uh, wants to give me feedback, I'm going to start trying to ask, for example, which things are working well right now? 
mm-hmm. because sometimes feedback focuses on things which are not working well. Yeah. But I'm also interested to find out what is which are the things I'm doing right at the moment. Yes. So before you tell me what I can improve, let's explore first which things I'm already doing well. And then also the correlation between those things I'm doing well and what the company needs. So then after I'm asking uh, which things are working well right now, I may ask, so how are those things helping the company? How are those things helping you? How are those things helping the team? So I understand the concrete context of those assets that I already have. And then I'm going to be interested to see, okay, I'm going to ask, how would you like to see a better future? Which things should be different? to try to understand which changes would you like to see, but not from today, but also mm. which are the impacts that you would like to see in the future uh, when those changes take place. After I understand mm. which are your expectations about the future, then I'm going to go into asking for support. Mm. So I need advice here sometimes. Yeah. So I'm going to, I could yeah. ask things like, have you been solving a similar problem uh, like this in the past? Uh, how does excellence look to you in this field? Any advice you may have mm. Uh, mm. on this dimension that I could try? Uh, and then I'll try to go into the something very concrete. And I'm mm. going to ask uh, to the person, so what do you actually want to see happening during the next weeks? Yes. So I understand expectations as well. And then I will confirm, so, okay, so thank you for the feedback. Mm. This is what I'm, I'm going to be doing next. So I validate that my next steps will mm. be up to the point of uh, what uh, this case, you know, this is an example between a discussion of myself and my manager I had at that point when I use this technique, it's uh, to validate that what I'm going to be doing next steps are aligned with the expectations. I I really like this and I I wish I'd known this like, you know, years ago, because I was just thinking about this one one occasion when my my manager, you know, gave gave me some really harsh feedback. Mm And, and um, he actually came to this, uh, you know, annual review with only one point and it was a critical point. It was something that I had done, uh, you know, my, my per- something was really bad in my performance. And I think I can agree with that, that this was something that he should have raised. But when I asked, I didn't have this kind of a list. I wish I had had this whole list and I could have had the strength to go through that also. Because I could only ask, like, you know, is there anything else? And, and he actually said that, you know, no. I have been told that one point is enough in each discussion and, you know, you should only concentrate on one point. And that has really stayed with me and I couldn't, you know, disagree more emphatically. When you're giving feedback, one point is never enough. And I think that these things that you are, you're kind of like, you know, you are wanting to draw out from the person is also very important to use that list that you, you were able to ask from your manager that if the manager is giving feedback, uh, they should also use that list in preparation. The cool mm. thing about this list is that this is based on, on neuroscience. Yes. And neuroscience, what has found is that we develop uh, ourselves not creating new connections all the time, mm-hmm. but reinforcing the ones that are existing already yes. in our brains. So by understanding which are the assets that we yes. already have, which are the strengths that we already have, and how can we mm. enhance them, how can we tweak them to create a better performance, create uh, this motivation to learn and grow. On the other hand, when we just focus on the weaknesses and the, 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 the gaps mm-hmm. that we have and just try to fill those empty glasses, mm. it seems that it's awakening our flight or fight responses. Yes. And that has negative consequences for the learning capabilities, but as well for all our well-being. So giving feedback uh, goes beyond performance. Mm. 
it is also affecting our well-being and how even our immune system reacts to yes. what we are hearing and our stress levels. I was just like, you know, even listening to you, I could sense in my body all kinds of different feelings and how I would respond, <laughs> like, you know, uh, the criticism. So I could feel like, you know, my, my body getting tense. And, and when you were talking about like asking those questions, like where have I excelled and what am I doing and what's already working and in connection to the company goals and all that, I could feel kind of like, you know, I was expanding and I was getting like there was this almost like a pride feeling in myself mm-hmm. when I was thinking it, it, it's it's really kind of like interesting to follow this mm-hmm. uh, and this is this I think is so important when we talk about feedback because it really is is a holistic thing it's not just like that we give some intellectual advice yeah. but it is something that touches like the whole person exactly and as as you said before as well we all have different preferences yes and we respond to feedback in a in a different way right mm. we did this uh, one podcast uh, earlier about uh, different kind of like transformations leadership transformations mm-hmm. like different phases where we are in in our in our leadership yeah. and feedback is also one area where we kind of like you know we grow like we, we if we talk about this um uh action logics and and the growth like from somebody being an opportunist like uh, somebody being really really like early in their in their life and you know all feedback they reject it basically because they can't they can't accept it they can't see the world from anybody else's point of view but their own point of view and of course any, anything that they do is right mm-hmm. you know they've always been right and if you tell somebody something that you know well you actually should do this in another way then that's kind of like you know you're wrong I'm right and I will reject your feedback. And then there is this kind of like the next stage where where the people are like very group related and they are kind of like identified with the group where where they are part of. Mm-hmm. If they get feedback in that group, the feedback what what it does to these people is uh, it kind of like triggers fear of being left out of the group. Have I done something wrong now? Okay, I will be kicked accepted. out of the out of the group. Yes. Mm-hmm. For for them feedback is all about like you know, am I doing right? Am I following the right rules? A sense of am belonging. I, yes, sense of belonging. And, you know, am I still part of this whole thing? And this has, of course, an impact on, on the one who is giving feedback. Some people, when you ask them to come aside and say that, you know, we need to talk about something, this could even trigger in some people that, you know, am I going to get fired? It, it's so deep. And you kind of like need to calm them down and, you know, say that everything is fine and you're a valued person in our company. And here is what we need to think about, you know, to make you grow and you know be more effective and you need to phrase your feedback in a in a way that this person can take and, and receive and then experts like you know we all know those people who say that you know well i will take feedback but from those people who are you know better experts than i am and you know if, if it's from somebody else i don't really kind of like care because what does marketing know about sales right that's that's it right but the expert people are really kind of like they are wonderful because they do want to develop and they do appreciate feedback on their expertise how they can grow in their substance and then we have achievers who kind of like realize that you know if i get feedback on how i'm doing how i'm seen by other people that actually gets me uh, further down in my goals and it helps me achieve my own goals so you start even asking for you know feedback After that, then we have these um, uh, redefining people who kind of like, you know, who become all about feedback. Who am I? You know, how do you see me? 
what what have you seen in my life? Like, you know, how have I developed in these last 20 years? And Seekers. you go you yeah. go even back to your appearance and what was I like as a child? How am I now? And, you know, who, who do I want to become? And, and it becomes kind of like more and more like a daily part. And it's not about waiting for somebody to give feedback, but you actually go for the feedback. Mm-hmm. And it becomes kind of like a, a growth engine for them. Then there's the transforming part. Like they live in feedback. There's no like once a year feedback mm-hmm. sessions, but every time they meet somebody, they are observing them and they can, they're kind of sensing all the time, like, like how is this discussion going? Am I engaged myself? They are giving feedback to themselves. And then they even check with the other person, like, you know, that where, where are we in this discussion? And did you understand what I was just saying? That, you know, did you understand where I'm going, what I want to do with this thing? There's a constant feedback discussion, feedback loop, which is not just about performance, uh, but it's about like, you know, how are we doing, yeah. you know, and how could we as a company develop and, and what is there that is preventing us from being as great as we want to be. It, it becomes a really exciting life. It's just like a discussion, but with some really valuable content. I think that's a great list to see different types of people and how they respond uh, to different type of feedback and which kind of reactions we could expect depending on the context and also the, the phase in our lives. So let's take a look at the last part of the podcast, seeing which kind of tips, which kind of development advices we could give to our listeners to continue developing on this topic. Uh, a while ago also we're talking just before we started the recording, uh, you, you had an initial input about what you usually do when somebody asks you for feedback or for help what is the first thing that you say to them this is this is something that i have kind of like um i i i most often say that you know what would you like to have feedback about and how would you evaluate yourself on these things because i kind of like i'm interested i'm curious about where this person is with this kind of like thinking mm-hmm. uh, for example just uh, a week ago i had a coaching session with somebody one of the first questions that she asked me was uh, that i would like to get some feedback on how i was during that day i was thinking that um, it's not my place to give her that feedback but so i started asking her like you know okay how did you feel about the day yourself What kind of thoughts did the day, you know, evoke in you? Hmm. How did you want to be that day and how did it turn out for you? And so I started asking all these questions about her before I would give the feedback. And then then I would know what was important for her and why she was asking that question. Excellent. People mostly know where they are. And also it helps them to start with this self-feedback. We can give a lot of feedback to ourselves also about our performance if we just take the time. I think that the, the power that you are describing now to develop the capability of self-reflection is very powerful because mm-hmm. uh, I agree with you that most of the times the answer is already there. So yes. it's a way to help the person just to dig a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And also like when giving feedback, I would say like uh, when is the time for you to give that feedback? Be concrete. Yes. And describe uh, what you experienced uh, when that uh, person's moment of excellence caught your attention, for example, mm-hmm. when it's about giving uh, positive feedback. Uh, just take the opportunity when you see somebody doing something you believe is great and let this person know. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you are a leader or a manager helping your team members understand what excellence mm-hmm. uh, looks like and uh, how it feels, this will allow them to have a more vivid image, a stronger mm-hmm. sense of what it means for you. Yes. Uh, and their brains will become more receptive to new information as well. I can't remember which uh, journal it was in, but there was this um, interview about a photographer who has been uh, you know, very, very much praised and rewarded. And he said that the turning point for him 
was so he'd been taking pictures of horses in a horse race and uh, this this person had said that you know wow this is a great picture all the horses have their uh, legs in in the air he said that you know this was a turning point for him somebody actually telling what made his picture a good picture something that he hadn't kind of like you know noticed and he hadn't known <laughs> about his own skill but this is something that he he then was able to start using and you know asking people then what about this if somebody said that this is a great picture what about it makes it a great picture mm-hmm. i think that this is a really a great, great example, example of, of a concrete yeah, feedback especially when things are going in the in the right direction so feedback mm-hmm. is also for those means mm-hmm. also then when the feedback tries to uh, focus on an outcome which was not expected one mm-hmm. and then needs to be addressed on that dimension i think the best approach i heard uh, or, or i read it's on uh, safi bakal's book called uh, loon shots a highly recommended book one of his chapters he talks about gary kasparov uh, the former chess champion and how he approached every time uh, he was making a wrong move and uh, what Kasparov says is that he had two different uh, options what he called the level one strategy which is focused on the outcome and that was when the when the move was bad and trying to ask why this went bad so the all all the focus was trying to understand the past yeah now the recommendation was to shift our focus from that outcome to the system which means that how can we use the feedback you are receiving to understand let's say how to change the decision making process behind your move mm. so it's not about why the outcome was wrong but uh, what was the process that you did you know you followed to make the decision yeah. and how to improve that process he talks about he was thinking of how he had decided that move in that moment also to understand the circumstances maybe it was the best choice he could have made or maybe not but then also thinking about in the next time that he needs to make a similar choice what he will change Does he have any opportunity to change something on the process so he can make a better a better outcome uh, and understand which little thing uh, he had to modify as i said next time in that way he was creating the opportunity uh, for growth and again finding uh, opportunities to uh, uh, improve the, his performance and sometimes the outcome was that okay there was nothing he could do mm-hmm. it's like when you go to buy the lottery Yeah. If you don't win the lottery, was it a bad decision? That's not the outcome you wanted, right? No. Somehow Elon Musk referred to this strategy in an interview uh, I heard uh, a while ago. Uh, there he was saying that it's very important to have a feedback loop where you're you are constantly thinking about uh, what you have done and how you could be doing it better. I was also thinking about a friend of mine we were just doing a lecture at Helsinki University on creativity mm-hmm. and um, it was for a PhD and she was actually mentioning that because because they do get a lot of feedback on 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 their yeah. project and uh, she said that you know one thing that she has learned in her own process as a researcher is that she used to be the kind of person who would get written feedback like they they do get fe- written feedback and it's not common in business life but you know the, at the university they get written feedback so she would take the feedback and uh, you know maybe an A A4 sheet of feedback written and she would first she would underline everything that she would need to improve in her thesis or or in, in the work that she's doing and she said that you know she always felt so miserable after that because you know <laughs> she 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 had so many things that she could and she would need to improve and then she realized that she was going at it in the wrong way so she would pick up a highlighter like a yellow highlighter and she would go through every single positive word and she would highlight those positive mm. words from the text <laughs> and i thought that that was a really good That's good thing because you know so that you will not miss that positive mm. thing because often 
you know, I could be giving you really good feedback for 90%. And then the only thing you remember is the one thing where I would say that, you know, and on this you could improve. I like that approach. In a way, this is indicating uh, what I call the growth mindset mm. development as well. And sometimes, you know, that's a great example of what you said. Uh, we can just simply be open to uh, what I call proactive passive feedback. And that's uh, basically how to start learning, not just from the things that you mentioned now, so things mm. that are already there, yeah. but also the same thing from people. Yeah. Which are those peers around you that yes. you can observe that are successful? Mm-hmm. And the first thought, of course, sometimes we may feel jealous about what they have achieved, mm-hmm. but that's where we have the opportunity to practice a proactive, passive feedback. And it's what are you observing? What are they doing to succeed? How did they get there? Not just what they are doing, but which are the processes they are following? Which strategies do they follow? Which kind of hard work they mm-hmm. are they are executing? Then talk to them. Yes. That's when you are using the proactivity, the passivity is from the observation yes. of others, you know, somebody that you admire mm-hmm. or somebody else's success and you know use that as a learning uh, mm-hmm. opportunity. That's the passive part, the proactive part is go to find out how did they get there and get that feedback from them. And then the last part, do not copy mm. what they do and adapt it. Adapt it to your situation, adapt it to your to your assets, and uh, but try to understand how can I adapt part of uh, what this person is doing to my own way of being. Mm. Not trying to become somebody else, but enhancing your actual skills. So mm. in a way, like looking for inspiration. On somebody else's success and also sometimes like we may think that we don't have the skill but if yeah. we actually <laughs> admire somebody really really much you know if those people that we admire those things i i kind of like have a feeling that those things may be latent in ourselves they may be kind of like something that we really want to develop and they might be there to a certain extent there was uh, there was this one one great uh, trainer who was saying that you know she has this posse see she's got this kind of like a roof of kind of <laughs> heroes who who she calls into action into mm-hmm. her life when she needs mm-hmm. some superpowers so like when that. she needs to have more kindness in her life then yeah. she calls for Mother Teresa to kind of like you know that kind of like an archetype yeah. and she has several people that she admires and yeah, she kind I of use, like I use Gandalf actually you, you use Gandalf, Gandalf the White yeah. <laughs> you use Gandalf the White <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right so so kind of like you know this is not a new thing uh, and and most people actually are really really uh flattered if you ask them for advice mm-hmm. you know if i would come to you and say ask, ask you like mark how did you become so wise could you tell me like you know strategies of wisdom right i think you would give me that hour or that half an hour yeah, that yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good one can i say you know you gave me the you know i'll take that positive feedback because if it was <laughs> yes yes it was it was positive feedback so kind of like every every time i have a conversation with you i walk out wiser <laughs> <laughs> likewise <laughs> on that on that tone uh, the last advice that comes to my mind actually is something inspired on a good friend of mine uh, called you so hamalainen mm-hmm. uh, we are so Uh, working together in a project and what I learned from him it's uh, how can you engage uh, in a feedback dialogue where you want to help the other person to open their mind so maybe it's not about the recommendation but you just want to help the other person to uh, be at these feedback conversations to open up for new possibilities mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of the day reach a common decision on yeah. something you have to uh, to decide so it's kind of incorporating feedback as part of not a negotiation, but a discussion where you need to decide something together. And I found that uh, very interesting. Uh, Uso uh, usually says that uh, the important thing is to uh, to ensure that you uh, are mainly seeking to understand the other person's perspective. That's one thing. And then demonstrate 
yes. that you are actually understanding and validating with them those perspectives before you start to open up uh, mm. to the new possibilities. It's important also to remember that this doesn't mean that you have to agree. Mm, you know, it's about understanding, not about agreeing with what they are saying yeah. and trying to get into a, into their perspective. And then you can form, after you get that understanding, you can form your own opinion. And then if you still disagree or have a different perspective, then you can bring it up at that, uh, at that stage. So the idea is not only to validate uh, your perceptions, not just to convince or influence, but actually to reach an understanding of the best approach together. Mm. Uh, with that person, especially when you are working as a team and you give feedback to uh, reach a common conclusion. Uh, simply telling the other person your thoughts is not going to work. And I guess that most of you who are listening and you also, Mina, have had mm. these situations where you tell your uh, your opinion and it doesn't really go through. Let's just, you know, let's put a case to put an example of uh, you know, a company that wants to, to target a new customer segment with different needs compared to the current existing customer base. And this person that you're working uh, with believes that the answer is just to continue with one type of, uh, of product, the one that you already have. Uh, and he believes that it's sellable to the existing customers that you have and towards the new ones that you are trying to, uh, to attract. First of all, it's important to understand what this person is communicating. So you could say things like, uh, you know, that's great. I think that there's value in that, in uh, having one product. Uh, is that what you are what you are meaning? Is that what you try to communicate? So on that on that sense, to, to create understanding about what the person is saying, then you're gonna start to open up their uh, their mind. You could say things like, uh, "What I'm trying to understand is how might the new customer segment uh, needs differ from the current one." How could they be different? In our research that we have done in the company, for example, it would appear that they have a higher degree of expectations. What do you think we should do about that? Mm -hmm. About those insights? And then put the question. Or you can ask, uh, should we consider proceeding with the product we have and modify it later if it becomes an issue for the new customers? Mm -hmm. Or should we launch a second product and have a focus test uh, group with a new customer base and then see uh, what we need to adjust afterwards. Uh, which are the advantages and disadvantages of each one of those options? So in that way, even if you have your own opinion, you will help the other person to explore in a much softer way which mm. different options you have, and then at the end reach a, a conclusion together. So it's about opening the dialogue and yes. explore yes. instead of expressing directly mm. what you think that should be done. That's what I think that, you know, the best feedback is always, it's a dialogue. It's that I want to understand your position. I want to understand what you're doing the things that you're doing and what is lacking in your performance maybe if you're not doing your best mm -hmm. or, or performing in a way that is, is the best possible way so I get an understanding from, from that and then I may be able to offer you better suggestions if you need them right and and then you will also get my viewpoint like how yeah. do i see this situation and maybe you will understand it and uh, and we can talk about this thing and we will both walk away from the situation feeling kind of that we have grown in our understanding of each other and then there might be some good results that come after after that. And talking about the dialogue, Mina, it was a great conversation. Talking about feedback and also like giving some advices and getting a deeper insights about mm -hmm. what we can do about it. Not just to give feedback to other people, but also how can we become better at uh, receiving feedback. It was great to have you with us again. I'm looking forward uh, to have further chapters with you together in the near future. Thank you very much. It's always a privilege, Mark. 
So that was all for today, and thank you very much for being a loyal listener. Let us know if there is any topic you would like us to cover down in the space for comments. Have a great rest of the week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to our bi-weekly podcast. And remember, this is about spreading and sharing the knowledge. So feel free to forward this audio to anybody you believe could get any benefit out of it. Coaching Talks Podcast, your inspirational moment to continue your growth journey.